Hello, and welcome back to Let's Get Literature, hopefully one of your favorite literary podcasts. I am your host, Samantha Mickey, and I am just so happy to be able to be recording my fourth episode and just to be able to welcome you. And I hope that you are enjoying listening, and I hope that in this crazy world, this podcast has been a little bit of an escape for you. So, the topic of today's podcast is going to be tackling this crazy world we are living in and specifically talking about how it's personally affected my reading life and maybe perhaps it's affected yours. And so, when I really was struggling to think of how to record this podcast when I've had such a tumultuous week, I really thought I'd be very candid. And for me, what that looks like is just owning the fact that reading has been hard for me at times. And even though I'd be, I've been at such a good place in my reading life now for quite a while, this has really affected my ability to maintain that and to keep pushing through. And I think that when we have big changes like this, that can happen. And I think it's a shared experience. So what I really wanted to do was to share where I'm at, how I'm feeling, and specifically how all of this COVID-19 stuff and social distancing and quarantine has affected my reading life. And I do that in hopes to bring you maybe some tips of things that have helped me. This is my second time recording this because it has been a struggle. And today I was able to devour a book and start another one. So I'm going to share that title and what I loved about it. And luckily I know myself. And when I initially wrote the notes to this podcast episode, I had thought that this was going to pull me out of the rut. And I think it did. So with no further ado, no further introductions, let's get literature. So when I said no further introduction, what I failed to mention is the fact that this episode will be a form of introduction to um, myself as a reader and also to how uh, all of this happening is affecting me as a person and also me as a reader. And so I just want to start by saying that if you are struggling during this time, even if you haven't been directly affected by the disease or by anything terrible that's happening, even if you're still getting a paycheck and perhaps working from home, or if you're essential and and you're carrying that burden of being out in a world that is otherwise shut down, I want to validate how you're feeling because for me, I'm, a, I'm an educator and we've moved to online learning, to distance learning, and it has been so difficult. And not only that, but 
my husband and I, we moved away from home within the last year. And we've had our struggles with that. We love where we live. We're so happy. But with moving comes a lot of travel to visit. And just everything has fallen through the cracks. And so we had wonderful Easter plans with my husband's family. And those obviously were canceled. And moving on to looking at summer plans, uh, we just don't know if any of it's going to happen. Uh, We have two of our nieces and my little sister graduating. We have uh, just so much planned and and we were trying to keep our normalcy of summer. So we typically celebrate the 4th of July with our friends and family. We were going to make sure we did that. We had friends scheduled to come down. It's just a lot to take in and it all happened so fast. At least I feel like. Because as an educator, I think that oftentimes we put on a mask. And that's not a bad thing. I teach kids all day. And so even if I'm worried or I'm anxious about something, I feel like a part of my job is to reassure the humans that I'm responsible for for eight hours out of the day. And so when all of this kind of came to light and we realized it was going to spread to the United States, I really neglected it in favor of comforting the students I have. And so when schools were called off and we thought maybe it was just for two weeks, just to kind of let this pass, it didn't register. And now that we are facing not being able to return to the classroom, it's it's hitting me. And for me, what that translates to in everyday life is a lot of being completely zoned out, being turned off, being anxious. And by turned off, I just mean like, do you know those times where you just like zone out? And it doesn't matter what I do to snap myself out of it. I'm just going to be zoned out. And so... I just think it's really important to talk about all of this and not just that, but how we're moving forward because I think that we need to continue to move forward. And no matter in what way it's impacted you, whether that be canceled celebrations or canceled plans or travel or vacations or graduations, I mean, it's all grieving. We're all mourning something. And I think it's okay to validate that. And in the same breath, not downplay the seriousness of the disease and those who are losing jobs and family and any kind of safety or normalcy that they once had. And so with all that said, just please know that my heart is with you no matter what you are going through currently. And I think that's really important to maintain that empathy as we continue to move forward with this situation. So with all of that, I will step down off my soapbox and I will bring this back into reading. And for me, it has been so hard to read when my brain is turned off and I am zoned out 95% of the day. And when most days are bad days, it's really hard to get it together. And as the hard days pass, 
then you start to have more bad days because you've realized that the time has passed in between the last time you picked up a book or the last time you uh, talked to a friend or whatever that may be. So for those of you who don't know, I when I went to college, I really got away from reading. And it was a big heartbreak for me because something that I had once just loved and found such comfort in, I really got away from. And finally, I was able to get back to reading. And there's so many people that inspired me and pushed me, my husband included, obviously, in that. But people in the bookish world really brought me back to that. People on Bookstagram, book podcasters, just people who were so passionate about reading drew me back in and I became the reader that I once was. And so I finally got this wonderful handle in my reading life where I can pick out books I know I'm going to like and devour books and be able to know myself and kind of know what mood I am in because I am definitely a mood reader. And this has definitely thrown that all out of whack because it just stuff doesn't work. The, the books that I was like, oh yeah, like this will work. I'm interested in this. Definitely not. It's a solid no. So that's what this whole thing has done to my reading life. So I feel like knowing how my reading life has been affected has been half the battle for me and knowing what's going on in my brain and knowing myself as not only a reader but as a human has really helped me. And so when I think about getting back to reading and being able to be having a rough day but sit down with a book, I think about the things that I've done to help pull myself out of this huge rut. And so I just wanted to share a few of those today. Now, before I start any of this, I have to give so much credit to the people in the bookish world who share so candidly on social media and podcasts and blogs because they are beautiful, beautiful people. And if you love reading, I would recommend at least picking up a few of these bookish accounts on Instagram. And I'm sure there's some on Twitter. I'm just not on there. They they just make you feel not so alone. And for me, I don't have a lot of friends like in real life that read. So it feels like I have a group of friends, even though perhaps the only interaction we have is maybe a story reply or some sort of check-in when we know the other is struggling. It feels like I have this community that I don't have in my real life. I just have to give them a shout out because they've inspired me to get out of my rut and then in turn I'm getting to share in my own form what's helped me. And so these are kind of little tidbits of things I've heard or things that have worked for me in the past when I've been in a rut. Mind you, this rut is vastly different than any other rut I've been in. So with that in mind, the first kind of tip I have for you is routine. And I don't mean routine like having a perfect one or setting an alarm or getting up early. Like I'm not talking about any of the fitness health coach people. I'm not talking about any of that. What I'm simply talking about is doing things that make your mind feel normal. I'm going to use myself as an example. I will fully embarrass myself on here just because of the fact that I know that I struggle. And so maybe some of y'all are on the same page and this might help. 
So for me, I'm a huge introvert. I love being at home. Pajamas are my favorite style of clothing. I just love being comfy. And so when all of this happened and getting to teach from home and not having to do the things I normally do, I get to teach from my bed or teach from my couch and not put on makeup and not put on real clothes. And while that's lovely, when it got to spring break, our district decided to maintain spring break, which was really nice. I realized that there was no distinction for me. While I wasn't holding office hours or while I wasn't answering students, I mean, I was in my pajamas, I was comfortable, I have the office on. I mean, it it really didn't feel like a break. And so I realized that at one, let me just be upfront, I'm not great with routine anyways. The small shred of routine that I thought I had had, had completely vanished just overnight. And so even something as simple as setting up a reading routine where there are there's a special space you like to read or there's just something that you can do to trigger your mindset. So maybe that's a cozy blanket or your favorite reading space or a favorite beverage that you love to drink while reading. Or my favorite is for me... I love the ASMR rooms on YouTube and specifically Dars released them, but they're Outlander themed. And the one that I love the most is the Fraser Fraser Kitchen. And it is just wonderful. And if you love that, I would recommend it or like a good reading playlist on Spotify or Apple Music. Something without words for me just works the best. And just find something that will trigger your mind that it's time to turn off or in my in my case sometimes turn back on and be able to read and give yourself that time. Obviously that may look different if you have little ones running around or other things going on, but giving yourself that set aside time I feel like helps me and like I said returning to some form of normalcy will help like putting on your favorite perfume even though you're going nowhere or putting a hair bow in or maybe styling your hair putting on mascara like something that feels normal perhaps putting on something other than pajama pants I don't know if I recommend that but (laughs) it's an option if that's important to you just doing something that feels like your normal human self outside of quarantine and and this crazy world we live in that's definitely what's helped me a little bit and I hope that advice will help you and kind of get you in that mindset to read during a time when reading can be really really difficult. My second tip is to find your go-to genre. Find something that feels comfortable. When you're struggling to read and you're struggling with your mindset and things going on in your life even outside of quarantine world if you're struggling in life you need to have a book feel like putting a cozy sweater on, putting your favorite pair of pajama pants on, getting that favorite worn out old blanket in your favorite spot on the couch and settling down after a long day. You need a book to feel like that. And by all means, books can feel like that. And that's going to look different for everyone because everyone has varied reading tastes. And some things are going to to spark or ignite you or be comforting more than others. And so I know people that love nonfiction. My husband 
finds probably the most comfort in history, whether that be documentaries or books or movies, that's his comfort zone. For me, it's historical fiction, domestic suspense or thrillers, and a really, really great like rom-com or romantic novel that I know the ending. I see it coming from the second page, but that happy ending is what keeps me going. And so when I think about this go-to genre, I know that for me, it's what works. And for me, it's not a book that's going to catapult me into a reading rut where I have to sit with a book for days and days and I have to mull it over and I have to think about it. When I think about this go-to genre, it's a book that makes me want to keep reading and it's a book that I can enjoy and I can talk about and I can gush about on Bookstagram or on this podcast now, but it's one that I then want to set down and find another book as quickly as possible to kind of keep that fire going and to just like revel in the reading experience. So it sounds difficult, but once you know this guaranteed genre, it will help you out so much. And for me, like some historical fiction will just, like I said earlier, catapult me into a reading rut. And I know that going into it. And sometimes I'm okay with that. I'm okay with sitting with a heavy book for a while. But other ones don't. And for me, I know that a book that's going to like teach me something or it's something that I find absolutely fascinating or that I want to live in for a while, oftentimes will be really good for my reading life. And I know that there's some subject matter that I will absolutely need to sit with for a few days. And so you need to learn yourself as a reader. And as I tell my students all the time and they roll their eyes and maybe you will roll your eyes too. But the only way to get better at reading is by reading. And so what I recommend to you is sitting down with that good book and starting to learn yourself. Figure out what makes you comfy and cozy and wonderful feeling because the quicker you do that, I hope the better your reading life will be and the quicker your reading life will improve. So my third tip isn't really a tip at all. It's actually just some recommendations of books that I know have really helped me during times where I've struggled. And I'm hoping that even though this is a vastly different landscape in terms of struggling and reading ruts, I'm hoping it'll help you as well. The first book is The Recipe for a Perfect Wife, which I know I've gushed about on here before, but I just needed to talk about it again. Because for me, knowing my comfort zone, this kind of checks in so many bubbles because not only is it partly historical fiction, it's also uh, thrilling and it's suspenseful and it's domestic. So for me, this is like, it hits the literary jackpot. And I don't know about you, but oftentimes when I find a book I love and it's so unique. I go in these like rabbit holes to find every book like it that I possibly can. And unfortunately, I didn't find a lot like this. So if you've also read this book and you know a read alike, please share it with me because I would love to fall down a rabbit hole like this again because it was a phenomenal book. Um, I've already talked about it on here, but it's alternating lines between the 1950s and current day. And it's just phenomenal. 
And I feel like alternating timelines can slightly be overdone. I think there's a lot of it currently. But I found this to be completely believable, which sometimes I don't feel like domestic or um, not domestic suspense. Alternating timelines are. Sometimes they're just, they feel a little bit far-fetched to me. This one felt very realistic. And I just picture like buying this wonderful old home that needs updating and getting to find like the original owner's things and kind of live with that for a little bit. Now mind you, I think that um, Nellie gets a little more or Alice gets a little more than she bargained for with Nellie's story, but I just, (laughs) I love this book. And if you want to hear my full thoughts, I think I talked about it on the first or second episode of the pod. So definitely I recommend it. I think that it's a great book and I hope that if you're in a reading rut, it might help you. Uh, Second, I literally wrote down anything by Ellen Hildebrand because these books look like any other beach read. I mean, they're beautiful colors. They're light blue and they have beautiful beach scenery or any kind of scenery, but for me, there's so much more. And while I could devour any of her books while happily on a beach, I also like could be cozy with them. And I also can really dissect them and think about them and talk about them. And for me, that's what puts her like over the top as a phenomenal author because it feels wispy and wonderful, but it also has wonderful character development and wonderful like setting and plot and everything else that you could want in a book. So where I would recommend you start with Ellen Hildebrand is where I started, which is the Winter Street series. And for me, I love to binge read like all the cozy Hallmark-esque Christmas books around Christmas. And so that's when I picked up this series. There are four books in the series. It was originally intended to be a trilogy, but she decided to continue the story, and I'm so glad she did. And, you know, I mean, it is a Christmassy book, but I think that, you know, Christmas is a lot of comfort, and there's so many things about Christmas that we all love and are happy times for us and so I think that you know the Hallmark currently is airing Christmas movies in just support of solidarity and being at home and comfort and so I think that if you want to return to Christmas in a book form I think that's a wonderful idea and I think the Winter Street series might be a wonderful place to start and I'm definitely considering having a podcast episode like dedicated to light and fluffy reads and certainly we could delve into all the cozy Christmas reads along with like regular stuff but that's another podcast episode (laughs) so again that is anything by Ellen Hildebrand I think would be a great place to find comfort and hopefully dig yourself out of that reading rut. The third is a book by Carrie Winfrey. I'll probably talk about it perhaps on a later podcast episode, but just know it's called Waiting for Tom Hanks. And if you, like me, love like Tom Hanks in the 90s, if you love You've Got Mail, which I shared as part of like my 
cozy comfort like recommendations last episode if you like me love that you will love this book this main character is also obsessed with that she has an interest in film and it's just so good it has one of those like guaranteed love stories like you know there's going to be the happy ending but it's one that I wanted to stick around for and for me that's what makes a good like rom-com right like you know the two people are going to end up together but you want to stick around and see how it plays out and I think that for that purpose that's definitely a reason to pick up this book and if that is your comfort zone if that's your go-to genre then this would be a wonderful book to start that with again that is waiting for tom hanks by carrie winfrey next up we're taking a huge left turn from light and fluffy like complete left turn and that is a book and i'm going to butcher this author's name and i have to remember to look it up before next podcast so i can correct myself it's The Invited by Jennifer McMahon. McMahon. She's a phenomenal author. She also wrote The Winter People, which is another like wintry, cozy book. I would also recommend that one, like especially if you're looking for that kind of cold atmosphere to your books right now. But The Invited is just so spooky. And for me, it was a huge book but it was one that I could not put down. And so I think that if you're like me and you find a lot of like, I don't wanna say comfort because that sounds really twisted, but if you find that a safe zone for you in reading is like thrilling or horror or like true crime or murder mystery, whatever it may be, I think that this would be a good book to go to. It has, kind of alternating storylines it goes into like it has like a ghost element it has a historical element specifically regarding uh like witchcraft and historical witchcraft which was uh (laughs) something that was horrific but is interesting and especially when we think about the repercussions of it and it's just phenomenal and uh i would definitely recommend it especially if you like like the northeast part of the country it's set in vermont it has like i said that ghost story element and i just would recommend this if that's something that you like to read and you think that it might help you now (laughs) again that is the invited by jennifer mcmahon m-c-m-a-h-o-n uh finally my last recommendation for this subject is where the crawdads sing by delia owens if you haven't heard of this i don't know where you've been but you probably have heard about this and this got so many rave reviews it was a reese's book club pick it's just phenomenal it's set in north carolina it's about a young girl who is abandoned by her family and she you know she lives in this marsh that's um very isolated but the town that she kind of lives adjacent to is like a small southern town they're very close-minded they can be very judgmental and maybe perhaps not the nicest people in the world and the most understanding and so it follows her and it talks about her being the marsh girl and just 
really it explores the nature around her but it also explores her growing up and becoming this adult woman and um, just all of the aspects of her life it's definitely not a typical story I think it's very unique and I just think it's very beautiful and I just um, it was definitely like an escape read for me it definitely like put me in the setting it was definitely one of those books that you pick up and you're just instantly transported so especially during this time I think that that might be a really good book to visit again that is where the crawdads sing by Delia Owens So the next segment of this podcast is usually where I talk about like the books I've recently finished and what I'm currently reading. But as I've said, this has been such a weird week for me. It's one I've really struggled with. And so reading hasn't really been a thing until I sat down and evaluated like what I can do for myself to get myself out of the rut I was in. So I have three books that when I was really thinking about what's going to pull me out of this, it was the three books that I thought this, these are going to have to do it. Like these are the books that I'm going to count on. And I said earlier, like in the beginning that this is my second time recording this podcast because I've even struggled with liking what I'm doing. Like I just didn't feel like it was good enough. So I'm coming to you after finishing the first book in this, which is Evie Drake Starts Over by Linda Holmes. It was the book that I devoured in a few hours. It was excellent. It was kind of like a rom-com, one of those ones where you know the ending, but the story was so good. Evie was such a wonderful character. I mean, when you really think about empowerment and seeing someone's journey and getting to see them through a tough time this is that book Evie really was handed a terrible deck of cards and by the end of the book even midway you just want to root for her and you just love the depth of her so much at least I did I loved her and I felt like she was super relatable and not relatable like with what she's went through but just with the struggle and dealing with anxiety and guilt and like reevaluating your life and so I loved this I think it was the perfect kind of jumpstart catapult to reading again I think I was right on with this pick and so I definitely recommend it for you to pick up I would add it to I would easily add it to my recommendations list for getting out of a rut And so again, that is Evie Drake Starts Over by Linda Holmes. So when I was thinking about like currently reading and what I'm going to do to get myself out of this reading hole that I'm in, I was thinking about what I've enjoyed in the past. So I was considering a reread of Wild by Cheryl Strayed, which if you've listened to the first episode of the podcast, was my first ever must-read recommendation. And... I just love this book. I think that it came to me in a very dark place in my life and offered me a lot. And so I just think that being that I'm struggling now, 
I would love to see what I take from the book this time. So I'm definitely thinking of tackling that again. I also put The Great Alone by Kristen Hanna on my list. I have heard a lot about Kristen Hanna. I've purchased a lot of her books like secondhand. And I definitely want to read her. For some reason, I've just never gotten around to it. And I think that The Great Alone feels very much like Wild and Where the Crawdads Sing, kind of. So I'm going to tackle that one next. I'll obviously let you know how it goes. But I think that for me, I like the elements of those stories. And so oftentimes, if I don't know quite where to go, I'll try to find books that are similar to ones that I've loved or ones that I know have pulled me out of a rut before. And for me, that's almost a guaranteed way to get a good pick is by selecting books that are similar, which are called read-alikes. <laughs> so that is definitely what I'm picking up next is The Great Alone or Wild by Cheryl Street. So I officially have settled on a title for this section of the show. Nothing else. I literally am the worst with naming things. But I really like the title must read recommendation. And so every show I'll have a must read recommendation. And I can't always guarantee that these will be like super enlightening. I don't read self-help books like ever. So it definitely won't be that kind of book. But it'll just be a book that I can't stop thinking about or talking about or one that I want to return to reread, which is very rare for me because I was born with a TBR that I will never even touch. So uh, rereading is a hard thing for me to commit to. And so if it's a book I've been thinking about enough to want to reread, I think that's that it's a must read recommendation. This one, however is a heavy book it's an important book and I just think that um I I just want more people to read it it's very talked about it I read it over the summer it was a book for me that I found while perusing Barnes and Noble it was one that I saw all over bookstagram and I thought hmm that book seems like just like something I'd like I really love historical fiction, particularly when I didn't know that that thing happened. So when it covers like something heavy that I wasn't aware of and that I can learn from, I love that the most. And for those of you who don't know, uh, I moved to South Carolina this summer with my husband and my four dogs, and we're so happy we did. It's been a great experience so far. But my husband and I had to move separate because I had work obligations and he had like the movers and the closing of the house, all that good stuff. So um, I'm like flew down and then he arrived later. And so I was basically living kind of by myself um, for a couple, about a week. And one of the things I found that I love to do in my free time when I got it was peruse bookstores when I wasn't furniture shopping for our new home I was at a bookstore enjoying like a nice tea or a nice coffee and a book and 
I would just sit and read. And then if I felt like I wanted to continue the book, I would purchase it. And so this is The Nickel Boys by Colson Whitehead. It's a heavy one. I'm not going to lie about that. It takes place in the early 60s during during like Jim Crow era. And it's about this very promising young African-American boy named Elwood. And I mean, it's Jim Crow era. And so he has all of this future. He's very intelligent and he's worked very hard. His grandma has really kept him on the straight and narrow. And he makes like a very small mistake. And because of the color of his skin and the time that it was, he gets sent to a reformatory school. And it's called the Nickel Academy. Hence the title, the Nickel Boys. The Nickel Boys refer to the survivors of this terrible reformatory school. And on the surface, it's this um, attempt to change these boys who are, you know, problems or causing issues but in reality it's much much darker and while it was heavy it was just fascinating that it actually happened the nickel academy is in a real place but it's based very very closely off of one that did exist it's expertly expertly researched it is an incredible writing style and i just feel like if you like historical fiction, if you like learning new things, I think that this would be a wonderful book. It's very short. It did not take me very long, but I felt like I took a lot from it. And sometimes that's the best reading experience is one that you don't have to spend like 600 pages on to take away a lot. And so again, that is The Nickel Boys by Colson Whitehead. Alright guys, so we are at the end of episode 4. This week we really tackled how the current climate is affecting our reading lives. Um, At least mine. And maybe yours and maybe hopefully something that I've done or I've reflected on will help you through this really difficult time for many of us and definitely uncharted and new and scary. So, if you want to follow along with my life, you can give me a follow on Instagram at Swift Bookworm. And yeah, I think that's it. Thank you so much for listening. If you've listened to all four episodes, a bigger thank you. If you could follow, subscribe, rate, do all that fun stuff, share it with people you love who you think might like it. That will help me out more than you ever know. Again, my name is Samantha Mickey. Thank you for listening to Let's Get Literature. Literature.